<laughs> nice. Okay, big dog wall talk. That, that was spontaneous. That, that was, was nice. Pretty cool. Uh, for anyone listening at home right now, Matt and Jordan, uh, the big dogs coming at you live. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, yeah. We, we always just kind of come up with the shit on the fly. It's never planned. Uh, everything is improv. It's shock uh, people. And no, we're not. Uh, shock people. Yeah, I think it will. Uh, like there's been a couple that I've like contemplated for like 20 minutes before coming <laughs> on here, and I'm like, this is gonna fucking bang. But uh, you know, sometimes I come flat. That one was a spur of the moment one. I just like the voice. Uh, it's I, I've actually adopted that voice and just doing all the time. Uh, it started the the Scotty Barnes video uh, where <laughs> I'm getting stronger. <laughs> Never beating the autistic yeah. allegations. It's definitely tough for him. Uh, have you seen that video, Jordan? Right. I actually don't know what you're talking about. No. Uh, is, mm-hmm. it, does he, is it a Twitch? Is he on Twitch or some shit? No. Well, he does do Twitch streaming and all that shit. And there's been a couple <laughs> a couple other incidents people have shared. Him running out of the tunnel uh, when he was a rookie, uh, yeah. you know, doing some fist pumps. Uh, yes. Definitely definitely some special Olympian uh, tendencies there. Uh, <laughs> I've got the pass. No one else does. Don't you say anything. I got the pass, man. I got a pass. Anyone, All right. anyone who knows me, uh, put it, put it in my time, man. Uh, but <laughs> that's not to say that, that he definitely, you know, showed that. And then, yeah, there's a video of him working out. I think it's like after a game, maybe he's pregame. I don't know, but he's doing like, Shoulder shrug, seeing how long he can hold the dumbbells, and he drops. Like, okay, that's your best time yet. He goes, ah, I'm getting stronger. <laughs> and that exact voice, that's you gotta amazing. look it up. Scotty what Barnes, I'm getting stronger. Uh, oh yeah, my so god, he, he's a good guy, man. Uh, shout out to Scotty. Uh, regardless, uh, you know we're still happy to have you, and we're gonna be talking with Scotty Barnes and the Raptors a little bit here, Jordan. Uh, but first, man, you know we're talking about getting stronger. And they say iron sharpens iron, man. And after the Celtics pulled off that big win over the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, you know, west, best in the West or best in the East, the, the Celtics took that one. Yep. Second half of that back-to-back, though, they must have used up all that competitive juice because they came yeah. out flat against <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, a huge blowout loss. Uh, the Bucks taking the win, 135-102, to 32-point win. Uh, again, or 33-point win, pardon me, uh, against the Celtics there in Milwaukee. Uh, insane performances from, uh, you know, some of the big guys in the Bucks. Most notably, though, OG Bobby Portis, 28-12 uh, and 12 in 21 minutes to go with five three-pointers. Uh, it mm-hmm. was insane. At one point, I thought my stream was bugging out because every single time he, they came down the court, Bobby Portis was just chucking one up from deep and hitting <laughs> it. So, uh, yeah. you know, this was, a, this was a real punch in the mouth of the Celtics, uh, a team that has such high expectations, that a team that really – no one thought could be blown out like this because of their defensive prowess. And uh, the Bucks really yep. didn't give a shit. They just came in there and uh, took over and showed them that's their house. And, you know, the, this kind of maybe opens the door, opens the conversation to say, you know, that maybe the East is still a lot more competitive. Uh, you know, the Bucks were, uh, were my pick uh, to, to win the East. I believe yours as well in yep. the, the preseason. Yep. So uh, mm-hmm. this is a huge, uh, huge win to get under their belts as, as they move forward. I mean, Jordan, what were your biggest takeaways from this game? I mean, as you say, it's very weird to see the uh, Celtics go down like this in any situation. Like, like I, I know everyone, you know, as, as you mentioned and everyone's pointing out, second night of a back-to-back, you go to overtime the night before in Boston, then whatever, you, you fly over to Milwaukee, uh, you know, the, on the next night. I get all those things that this, this would maybe be like a schedule loss even for a really good team like the Celtics, but to be blown out like this is 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 just kind of insane like the 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 game was over as soon as it started uh, Missoula didn't even start uh his his starting group in the second half like this game was mm-hmm. just done um which 
like I, I wish I could feel more kind of concerned about it, but it was almost so bad for the Celtics that it actually concerns me less. Like it, it's almost like they just genuinely just mailed it in, just said, yeah, know, rolled whatever. over because it was, it was clearly, you know, it, it wasn't just a, you know, a, a game that went into overtime that they won. Um, it was a clearly like emotionally draining game uh, against this, the, the Timberwolves the night before first time in mm-hmm. franchise history, they get to start a season 18 and zero at home. Uh, yep. which is, you know, a, 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 I believe there might be another team that has done it as well, but, you know, they're the only team in NBA history. Uh, the Celtics historically do have gone 40 and one. I think that was in 86 or whenever it was. Um, yep. And so they're kind of chasing that. I think, and, think the Warriors a couple of years ago were pretty close. Oh, yeah, probably they might have only lost two games or something at home. It was something insane. Yeah. Yeah. So they're chasing, you know, the, you know, I, I know it's only halfway through the season, but they're chasing, you know, the all time uh, sort of home home record here. That's how dominant they've been there so far mm-hmm. this year. But uh, it's uh, you know, it, it, there's all that. Plus the fact that, you know, it's the Timberwolves best team in the West and that their only other game they played the Timberwolves earlier this year also went to overtime in Minnesota and they end up losing that one. So, you know, that obviously, a, you know, a huge game for them just took everything out of them. Um, and then on the other side, you have Milwaukee that's super motivated, on the other hand, to, to beat a team like the Celtics. The the national media, everyone in the league has been beating up on, on Milwaukee, Giannis included, that poor mm-hmm. uh, equipment manager, Poor yeah. guy. I, I hope what a they straight straight the year. That's all, with the year just started. <laughs> I know. I hope they they you know did something nice for him after last night because he he really he must have really you know hand washed every jersey mm-hmm. to make sure they played well because it really worked. Um, but but yeah, th- those two things combined, yeah, it just it made for a game that was uh, yeah over after. Uh, Honestly, after like, you know, a few minutes of this one, you knew where it was going. And I'm pretty sure I, I wasn't watching the live broadcast, but I'm pretty sure, um, uh, you know, it was a game on TNT. I think they switched out of it. I think they had to go somewhere else, uh, you mm-hmm. know, which they rarely do uh, for nationally televised games like that. But it was just so uh, not competitive uh, that 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 they uh, yeah had, had to go elsewhere. But but like. I, I, it's just one game. I, it's not like the Celtics have done this a few times this year where it's like, Oh, they just get randomly blown out. Like, I think this was just, a uh, one where they knew they weren't, it was going to be tough to win. They knew Milwaukee was going to be motivated. Um, mm-hmm. and then both teams just kind of, you know, basically shook hands and agreed, Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna lay the smack down on you. You're not going to put up any fight. And, and honestly, I'm glad this happened though, because I was thinking, I'm, I'm not sure which, which night this was, but it was recently like within, within the last week, there have been nights in the NBA where every game is a fucking massive blowout, like I've never yeah. seen before. A and a similar thing, lately. and a similar thing even happened uh, last night with this game. The Thunder and Blazers—that's not a huge surprise either. But that was a sixty-two-point win by the Thunder. I think, I think that might actually be in the records right now. I think that oh, might be one of the insane. biggest of all, all time. It, it, yeah, it is. And and then, you know, the, the Knicks and Mavericks game actually became close after a while, but the Mavericks were up huge on the Knicks to start yep. that one. And then Suns and Lakers wasn't competitive either. That was the second half of that. Lakers uh, suck. Doubleheader, back-to-back uh, TNT uh, uh, sort of slate. So, so yeah, I, I, I mean... And, and I, I don't I, know if you were watching. I don't know if you uh, were able to get away from uh, work for a little bit to have the game on in the background, but from Perry, the, the Cavs were blowing out the Nets for a long time yes. uh, until yes. that little fourth quarter run. Yeah, no, exactly. So like, I, I it's this game is just this, this Bucks Celtics game. Yeah, kind of demonstrative of this. You know, I I think it's it's been moving closer to this in the last few years with the three point variance and everything. Um, but I think uh, it's just it, it blowouts. Uh, even though on one hand with three pointers, you know, leads 
can shrink quicker than they were ever able to before, like a 20 point lead. You and I remember when a 20 point lead actually meant something. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, we talk about it. It's like inflation, you know, uh, yep. a 20 point lead used to be fairly safe. Uh, now it's basically, you, you could disappear in a matter of Ten. minutes, but, but Call yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but, uh, at the same time, it just feels like a lot of these games, just the scores just get fucking ran up. Uh, and, and, and the other teams just kind of seem to, to roll over when it, when it doesn't yep. feel like their night, but, but yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take much away from this one, honestly, whether it's a positive for the bucks or negative for the Celtics. I think both, you know, it, it, it was going to happen either way as just a bit of a, a shocking outcome mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the, the, the final score there. But uh, yeah, the, the, the bucks issues still persist and the Celtics, despite this still look like uh, the best team in the NBA. Yeah, well, and 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 fairness, I do understand the strategy here, like to to want to rest your your big players because you know there's no point when the game is essentially out of reach. There's little to no chance that you're going to come back in that one. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I I get it. You don't want to roll Tatum out there and then have him uh, you know blow out his knee or hit his head. Something crazy happens, freak yeah. injury. I get that, but you also have to have some goddamn self respect because yeah. at no, the no, end no, of the day. No. You really want to say that this team that is maybe your biggest threat to get to the NBA Finals in your your conference, maybe you know the, the 76ers, you could throw their name out there as well. Uh, but not many teams really compare to the Celtics. And I think the Bucs are one of them. And yep. you're getting gobsmacked, just shellacked in the first half. I would kind of be like, you know what? I'm going to let my starters go out. If they want to roll their bench out, fine. We'll cut the lead down. Because you know what? A 20-point lead... Uh, our 20-point blowout is one thing. A 33-point blowout is a whole other ball yep. game here. Yes. Uh, and 15 minutes for Tatum, 18 minutes for Brown, 20 for Porzingis, 18 for Drew, 17 for Derek White. Those five guys barely fucking did anything. They mailed it in. None of them shot over 50%, all of them underneath. Like, yep. and, that, and that's mainly you know from the first half. Or I think it might actually be entirely from the first half. Uh, yeah, yeah. But regardless, that's horrible shooting. Like, that's that's insane like i don't care if you're on a back-to-back against you know a really tough yep. team in an overtime game we see teams come back they play an overtime game the next day they have a tough matchup and they play 35 minutes hey, like it, look at the raptors it's not impossible they yeah, put up it, a fight it, against the clippers that was that's mm-hmm. the toughest back-to-back out there in la and and yeah yeah you you don't have to roll over like no. people act like you know back-to-backs oh it's tough you know you're never going to win it no the good teams can win them yeah and, and that's my kind of my issue here is it's like if the Celtics want to be taken seriously, and especially a guy like Tatum and Brown, like both these guys have had, you know, a lot of question marks and a lot of callouts saying that they, you know, they don't really get up for the big time games. They're they're not clutch. And, you know, sometimes when shit like this happens, I tend to agree. And the more that I watch him, the more I see his decisions, the way that he runs this team, I might have to throw the P word out there for Joe Missoula because I'm not gonna fully put the tag on him but i don't like the way this guy coaches man uh, <laughs> I, he is more than happy to lose a game like this he does not have any big dog in him he has no fight in him he runs this team like a businessman he doesn't run it like a fighter <laughs> and uh i'm i'm a little bit uh, i'm a little worried because when the playoff time comes you can't roll over you can't do shit like this and this game yes it only is one game of the regular season but you're lying if you say that the state game doesn't matter a little bit more when you're taking on a team with a lot of history uh, between the two. And, and again, bragging rights. When you play this team again, you can have a fire lit under your ass or you can be a little bit scared thinking, holy shit, last time we tried these guys, they kicked our asses all the way throughout the game uh, and we looked like you know a JV squad playing the varsity. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually I'm kind of a little concerned about uh, how the Celtics match up against the Bucks here on out. Uh, and if that's the, you know, potential Eastern Conference Finals, I mean, it's going to be a hell of a series, and I hope that uh, the oh, Celtics God. bounce back, and, you know, I think that they will, but 
I I do think that maybe the Bucks uh, have have kind of cracked that code a little bit, and the Celtics are going to have to find some kind of an adjustment, something that they've uh, struggled to do in the past. Yeah, I mean, as good as the Celtics have been, I, yeah, I don't think the Bucks uh, themselves are are scared of the Celtics. Like, there's not really been a time in any of the times they've met in the playoffs, which they have a few times where the Celtics have just, uh, you know, like whacked them, like destroyed mm-hmm. them. There's no, there's no time where, you know, Giannis has looked intimidated by the Celtics like that. That's the thing at the end of the day, it's, it's it, it, like, even though the Celtics have all this experience and everyone you're talking about them as, you know, the favorite they're, they're still, I think thought of by their peers as kind of the young and up up and coming team, like we know that's how Miami treats them. Miami mm-hmm. t- la- last year uh, treats them as this these kind of up and comers, uh, you know, who who not only have a sort of younger core, but as you, you're saying with Joe Mazzulla, a much younger coach, uh, yeah. a guy who's younger than uh, one of his uh, players in Al Horford. Like there there's there's a lot that goes into being uh, you know a good and championship level team uh, rather than just your your talent. And the Celtics have been blowing people away people away with their talent this year uh you know up to this point but i i i I do agree you know though i'm not you know too worried about this instance when we when you do get into the playoffs like yeah you you want to talk about being emotionally drained from a game before yeah maybe not a back-to-back try you know game game six of the eastern conference finals i don't care if it was three days before you're going to be drained and and yeah you do have to come out and put up a fight uh, yeah. and, 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 you know, win these games if, if you want to advance. So, so, so yeah, I, maybe I, I take your point. Maybe there is a bit of a, you know, cause for concern, especially, yeah, looking at this through a playoff lens, um, you know, the, the bucks obviously now have a new head coach themselves, but, you know, I'm looking at a team like Philly, for example, uh, who, who now has Nick nurse, a very experienced coach. I'm not, uh, it's, it's not out of the question to me that the Celtics go into the playoffs with this, you know, with the superior talent, which they have mm-hmm. against almost anybody and just get out coached and, and, and uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like you said, like they've kind of shown in the past, maybe uh, don't really rise to the occasion because they haven't completely shown that they're ready to do that to the utmost level. Like they've gotten to the finals, uh, you know, give them credit. They've gotten to multiple conference finals. Uh, you know, they're, they're not bad players in that respect at all, but, but there is, you go back to last year, going down three out of the heat, which they should not have done, uh, and and all you know, a few of their other kind of failings. There, there's there's still question marks about their sort of you know top level mental fortitude, and and yeah, losing yeah. a game like this doesn't doesn't help that argument for sure. Well, uh, to move on, Jordan, uh, you know, having tough mental fortitude it is important, but having tough hardened bodies that can actually withstand the 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 rigorousness uh, of the, the yeah, NBA like season is also important. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, if anyone didn't know, uh, Jordan is working out in uh, 2024. We're, we're, we're yeah, back but on that I, I hurt my finger. I, I jammed it. You can't tell that, oh, but my uh, God. I had to take this whole oh, off, this man. whole week off, man. It was it was big and blue. Need a Ronnie Lottis. Well, uh, <laughs> someone who also going through an injury right now, Jaw Morant, oh. officially out. For the rest of the 2023-24 season, uh, insane. After you know, already met, you know, he misses the, a lot of time with that lengthy suspension to begin the season. Comes back and pretty much plays one week, and yep. he's already out for the rest of the year. Downgraded, taken out of the lineup, and uh, you know the Grizzlies did pull off a, a surprising win uh, amidst all these injuries and other uh, constant ro- like rotation changes uh, over the Mavericks uh, earlier this week. Still, Jordan, I mean, this kind of looks like the writing's on the wall for the Grizzlies to just plummet here. Like, Desmond Bain is a beast, 
And Jaron Jackson Jr. as having you know kind of a, a shitty season, if we're being 100% honest. And you know yeah. they, that's really all they've got on that team. They're already 13th in the Western Conference. Uh, you know, four games ahead of the Trailblazers, uh, seven games ahead of the Spurs. I don't know if they'll fall into that kind of realm of the the Spurs, the Pistons, the Wizards, and the Hornets. Uh, but I mean, they're they're going to be picking top top seven for sure uh, yep. th- this coming NBA draft, and uh, you know maybe this is a good thing because this is a team that you know in the last couple of years has really overperformed. They've hit on some later draft picks, and uh, you know we're we're looking at them now, and maybe it's a blessing in disguise. But at the same time, you wanna you you gotta want to have your franchise point guard out there uh, in John Moran, oh, yeah. having him pretty much play uh, i'm gonna look at it just now I, I don't have the number in front of me but i don't think he played more than six games man i think he probably no, nine games like hand, played nine not, games yeah so well, i mean that's insane yeah. well that's Same a diff. that's a it's a wasted season he might as well just sat oh, out and done counseling for the entire season yeah uh, i mean yeah. this is and, and you know this was a you know the, a team decision for him to go and uh, you know decide you know he, he needs to get the surgery but uh you know they were six and four in the last 10 and uh riding in a three-game winning streak like we were talking about it like can john morant lead them back to the playoffs uh i think that you know at this point the season's a wrap marcus smart also hurt again uh so the, yep. the grizzlies are just absolutely down bad yeah and it, it was the the yeah, it, it's 100% a hundred percent a wasted season for John now and the Grizzlies. Like officially, it kind of already felt like that, you know, uh, throughout his suspension when they just couldn't beat mm-hmm. anyone uh, when they started the season zero and nine or whatever they they, they yep. did. Like it was going to be tough no matter what. Even if they got fucking you, give him Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark back too, it was going to be really hard to climb mm-hmm. back into uh you know above five above 500 and get into the play-in you know uh you know at, at, at the very least so it was yeah gonna be tough and, and, and an uphill battle either way so it's almost that almost makes it less of a you know tragic thing for for jaw to go out because it's like yeah they could have really really fought hard but i don't think they were gonna ultimately make noise uh you know uh because they would have been facing too high of a seed to, to start things out in, in the playoffs if they even made it mm-hmm. that far. So, um, but it's, it, it's just when you, when you're looking at it now with sort of more finality, it's like the, the, we, we talk about it all the time as, as you know, media members, fans, whatever, like these, these windows for teams are, are never as long as you think they're going to be. You can't, you can't just, uh, think about the Grizzlies and be like, oh, they're going to compete now for the next, you know, 10 years because they've got John and they've got Bain and Jackson and all these other kind of young picks. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, the fact that they're a super well, well-coached, well-run organization, they're going to have all these bites at the apple. It's like, no, they they have had an incredible run and gotten really sort of lucky in, in a lot of ways where you're kind of capitalizing on the Warriors kind of uh, – falling down as sort of the 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 mainstay in the west no one's really taken over uh you know from them you were the young and up mm-hmm. up and coming team that was just uh you know that that ascended you know quicker even than denver because they were dealing with all their injuries like they were two t- number two in the west two straight years uh and 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 now they have they have nothing to show for it up until this point like absolutely nothing they they yeah. they have a, a, a at least one you look at the lakers series last year like really embarrassing uh sort of uh, you know playoff loss uh as as a higher seed um and and they just 
you know, uh, now, now the whole, their whole outlook is, is just a lot more uncertain because they, they've also had guys who have left from those teams that were really good. Like Dylan Brooks, yep. again, yep. clown him all you want. He was a big part of that team uh, and their success. He's not there anymore. Steven Adams has been a big part of his success or the, 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 the Grizzly success. Do we really big think him coming, do we really think him coming back uh, at his, advanced age now is, is is it a foregone conclusion that he's going to be as good as he's been i don't think so big men yeah. dealing with injuries you know when they're when they're around 30 years old tend to uh you know they, they can just plummet in terms of productivity he, he may never be the same again um mm-hmm. and then you know you've you, you you've been lucky with your 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 draft picks you've hit on a lot of them but that could your luck could change there at any point you're still a small market so all these things uh you know it's it's uh, I, I think it's a, just a tough look and a tough way to sort of go into the future, looking at the Grizzlies for a team that had such a, so much going on for it and such a bright future, uh, you know, going back, you know, looking at them these last couple years to have, yeah, this just a completely waste of a season and, and then more uncertainty than, than they've really ever had in the jaw era. Um, but you know, at this point, it obviously makes the most sense for them to be as bad as possible, get a high pick. But I, if I were them, you know, I wouldn't play the game of going and trying to get someone young again. Like they've got enough for these young players. I would, you know, we all know they need a wing, a high powered, you know, wing that you can slot in between uh, their, their backcourt and their frontcourt. Yep. Um, so I, I, I get as high a pick of I, as I can, you know, package up, that and and maybe a couple guys and and try and find like a a a, a team with a a good wing who who try and convince them to sell um and 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 try and you know turn things around retool and get as good as you can you know personnel wise next year to try and jump right back on it because yeah, yeah. you can't you don't want to be getting into this uh you know cycle of you know being bad just getting young players hoping they work out and pair well with jaw you you've got to uh you know put your foot back on the gas pedal next year, try and be good again. I don't know who that player is. There's not a lot of available, you know, all-star level threes out there, but that's who I would be, you know, uh, doing anything to try and find that guy. Um, because yeah. yeah, since Dylan Brooks left, you know, Luke Kennard is, 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 is not suitable, uh, unfortunately. Um, yeah. so, so, so yeah, there, there's, there's sort of still, some light at the end of the tunnel for the Grizzlies. They still have jaw. You should make, make a full recovery and come back. There are other two guys that I mentioned, Bain and Jackson are still super young, but, but this is, this is just a, this is, this is tough. This is a tough outcome mm-hmm. for a team that just looked so good these last couple of years. And it especially sucks too, when you consider that this year's draft class, not really not, any hype. Not good. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like this, there's, there's not really any, uh, you know, prospect that anyone's salivating and trying to get their hands on. So, uh, I mean, of, yeah. of all the years for this to happen, it's a tough one. Like, hey, if this yeah. is next year and they want to tank and try and get Cooper Flag, I mean, uh, you know, go go right ahead, man. Uh, yeah. But right now, the, like you said, they would be better off trading it and just trying to get whatever assets they can. Hell, yeah. trading it for a first-round pick uh, in the uh, 2025 sure, draft yeah, instead. Just doing something because, uh, yeah, I don't know if that pick, even though it is going to be in the top 10, you know, uh, where usually there's going to be a lot of value. And who knows, you know, uh, not, the draft scouts aren't always on the ball with these things. They miss yep, guys, yep. diamonds in the rough. They're, they could hit on a, a superstar with the, you know, the seventh or eighth pick. But yep. uh, that's not really a game that you want to play. And I, I think you always want to get an established guy before you do that, especially if you already have these young pieces that you can build around as it is. So uh, yep. I'm I'm interested to see what their next move will be. 
But I'm also anxious, though, Jordan, for Joel Embiid. Uh, you know, a guy we said we haven't had a lot of talk about, not a lot of chatter about the 76ers. Apologies to any of those Philadelphia fans. But again, we're Raptors homers. We don't really want to give any love to the 76ers. And nope. While Joel Embiid, I think we both will probably agree at this point, and, you know, not showing our hands quite yet because, you know, we are planning on doing a, a midseason uh, award ceremony, just where we're at here. Uh, mm-hmm. But Joel Embiid, if he's not your MVP favorite right now, he's number two on your ballot. Uh, I, I think it's pretty hard to argue against uh, you know the dominance that he's shown this season. Uh, but Jordan, this is a huge concern. We talked about it. The you know the the, the sixty five game minimum rule that uh, you know first year enforced. Uh, for anyone who's unaware or doesn't remember, uh, the NBA passed it that you have to play at least sixty five games to be uh, you know able to win or haul in some uh, NBA hardware or any of these major awards at the end of the season. Uh, And Joel Embiid right now, he only has eight games remaining that he could miss for the season if he wants to win the MVP. Uh, He's only played 27 of the 36 games uh, that the 76ers have uh, been a part of this season. And uh, they've struggled without him as well, five and five in their last 10, you know, just staying afloat with Maxi and Tobias. Uh, And, this is a, I think this is a huge concern, man, because I, I could honestly see this going one of two ways. One, everyone is going to fucking freak out if, you know, Embiid <laughs> does come back and he plays 61, 62 games, is dominant, continues averaging 35, 12, and 7 for the season, and the Sixers are top three seed. Uh, right. I, I think a lot of people would still say he's the MVP, even if he's ineligible and doesn't get it. Or I could see the NBA, because Adam Silver, you're a bald pussy. I could 100% <laughs> see the NBA going back on this and saying, you know what, because he was so close and it was just right there <laughs> and he had sense. such a great season, we're going to make one exception this year. But next year, no exceptions. I, I, I'm i I'm really interested to see how this is going to go, Jordan. But, uh, you know, I, I we said like uh, in the past, I'm a fan of the rule, but it definitely is going to be tough if, you know, he misses it just by a bit. Uh, you know, there's other guys that are putting up MVP caliber seasons as well, so it's not like they're undeserving. But uh, yeah, yeah, Embiid yeah. might be the front runner, and him missing out on the award uh, for his back-to-back, I mean, that's uh, that's going to cause some controversy that will follow his career forever. Yeah, I, and and he would not be happy. Uh, you know, I, uh, I, I think the I think the most likely thing is that because we we know how important, you know, awards, uh, you know, and, and a back-to-back MVP for Embiid would be uh, you know, clearly that's something he would really want. Um, and so I think you get, I mean, you, no, no MVP has ever missed the hall of fame and, uh, you know, you right, don't want to yeah. speak too soon, but I mean, if you went back to back MVPs, then you're pretty yeah. much a lock. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, but you know, so yeah, I, I, I think he will be motivated to reach that 65 game mark. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's, and, and, and hopefully he does, you know, I, I would bet on him doing it, honestly, even though I think it's going to be tough. He's been quite durable. Uh, you know, as his, as his career has gone on, he's, he's become sort of actually a guy who you can consider durable, even though he started, uh, you know, with so many injury concerns. And I think his, his team is good enough. And, you know, I mentioned Nick nurse there, you know, there's enough, you know, good coaching there that they can win, uh, you know, without him, you know, if need be, like, I don't think he needs to like he has a good enough team around him that he doesn't need to press every night. Like they can win, they can win when he plays, you know, low minutes and, you know, that still counts towards a game played and things like that. So I think it's, it's easier for him to, uh, you know, miss less games in the long run. Um, but, but yeah, it it is going to be tough no matter how you slice it. I think it's going to be tough for any of these, uh, like anyone in the league at all, any of these front running MVP, uh, you know, type players, um, because, you know, 17 games that's what you can miss uh basically but you know spread out across an entire season that 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 
that's not very many <laughs> with the way no. guys like to rest here and there these days. So, so yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. It'll be interesting to watch. And I, my only concern is that's going to be like the main story going down the line. Like if, yeah. if, if he's at well, 60, I mean. it's going to be controversial, could tarnish yeah. this year's MVP. Yeah, exactly. But you know, you could see, you could see a race in the future where you've got two guys and like bo- your two front runners, um, you know, are at risk of, you know, mi- missing out on this and then they go down with a bad injury. Like, obviously they're going to miss time after that. And, and I get the argument people saying like, Oh, it's just an arbitrary cutoff. How can you give, like, could, could you really give the MVP to a guy who played 67 games, but not a guy who played 62. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I get that, but you have to make a cutoff somewhere. Like if you want to impose a rule, like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a bit arbitrary, but you have to just pick a number. Otherwise, you know, there's, there's no rule at all. Um, And I like, I like this. I mean, I don't think this is their motivation, but look at the two guys on the Clippers. They've missed basically no time this year at all. Yep. Look at the two guys on the Lakers. They've missed basically no time at all. And, and you know, there's there's the, the new resting rules. There's all these things. But I think the product has been better because these stars are out there playing every night. And I think yep. a rule like this helps to ensure that. Like if you're if you're like, oh, you know, might as well rest tonight or whatever. But it's like, no, wait, hold on. No, I, I better not. I want the MVP. That's what that's what I want as a fan. I want you to be motivated and I want you to have extra motivation to go out there and play. Uh, even if you maybe don't feel like it, because guess what? You're getting paid millions of dollars so I can fucking watch you, uh, and, and, you know, keep my parlay alive here. So yeah. mm-hmm. there's, I, 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 again, uh, you know, as, as you said, I, I'm continually, I, I'm still a fan of the rule, but you know, it, yeah, I don't want it to sort of tarnish the race. Uh, you know, at the end of the day here. So, so yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm rooting mm. for, for Joel yeah. that he stays completely healthy and it's kind of, it, it, it all ends on his terms. Um, but you know, I'd also love to see Joel, it, you know, make a fucking power move here and say, you know what? I already won my MVP. I care about the playoffs. Cause that's the last thing that we're all judging him, uh, saving our judgment, you know, on him for, he has not delivered True. in the playoffs, never reached a, a conference finals. I'd love to see him, you know, you know, badass move intentionally sit out, disqualify himself, maybe. And then he'll say, and maybe he'll have numbers that, you know, would have won MVP. Otherwise he can kind of know that in his heart uh, and yep. then uh, go into the playoffs and, and dominate. And, you know, much like Giannis did and, and Jokic before they, uh, you know, fully got their, you know, the acceptance of, you know, fans everywhere. Uh, you know, go and win a championship. That's going to be harder for Joel Embiid because his team is not quite as good. He's not going to be favored in the East to get to the finals, but or even make a run to the conference finals, give Boston or Milwaukee, yep. whoever you, you know, a, a really hard fight, put up good numbers, maybe for God forbid, play better in the playoffs than the regular season. Just anything to show us that you you have what it takes in the playoffs. Um, I, 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 I'd respect him if he were to do something like that and, and, and sort of save himself, even if it cost him the award. Uh, for the playoffs. I, I doubt that's going to happen. Uh, but uh, the, at the end of the day, MVP or not, disqualified or not, 65 games, whatever, it's all about the playoffs for Joel Embiid. Everyone knows it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, that's that's where what we're all going to, to be waiting to see at the end of the day. Well, and to, to stay on our, our Joel Embiid talk quickly, Jordan, I want to get your, your take on this. Uh, our, our close friend, our dear friend, uh, we've Colby. never talked to him. As far as I don't know, maybe you've talked to him before. I've never met him. Uh, I think we, he would get along. He's a big dog. Uh, but Shaquille O'Neal, uh, oh, Shaq. back yeah, on yeah, his, I, his petty... Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, Doctor O'Neill. Uh, back in his his petty shit, uh, talking about Joel Embiid. Uh, really, the self insecurity of of Shaq is almost unparalleled. Uh, we've talked yeah. about this before, just in passing, but 
he's he's historically him and Barkley, but mostly uh, you know Shaq have gone after Joel, and he says he's trying to motivate him and all that shit. I think Not he's sure trying that. to talk him down. He's just trying to you know he doesn't want anyone because at the end of the day, I don't know if there's ever like since Shaq has retired, I would say Embiid is probably the most dominant all around big man we've seen. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, Dwight Howard had his time, but again, offensively was not nearly even close to the level of Joel Embiid. But, uh, but Shaq hated him just uh, as much as anybody. <laughs> exactly. And then, again, any, anyone who challenges his, his legacy yeah. now, he pretty much just hates, but he, he shows respect to all the guys that came before him, but anyone who comes after him, he hates. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. and I get it, man. I, I don't want people younger than me to be more successful or accomplished than me as well. I get it. It's a human feeling, but yeah, this is a little bit much because, you know, he's, he's going after Embiid saying, oh, well, you know, we've seen you do it in the regular season. Just like you're saying, you need to get done in the playoffs now if we want to consider you great. And while that's somewhat true, it is still a little bit like, okay, man, like he, what does he, he doesn't have to, you, you keep changing the criteria, you know, he yeah, reaches yeah. the next rung and then you raise yeah. the bar and it just keeps going and going and going. And, you know, maybe yeah. this is motivating Embiid, but uh, I mean, do you think that some of these comments are fair uh, from Shaq against Embiid or uh, do you think that, uh, you know, Embiid needs to start defending himself here? I would love to see Embiid defend himself. I mean, he's the mm-hmm. troll master. You know, you could. There's a lot you could poke fun of uh, when it comes to Shaq. So I'd love to, yeah, no, no to see him fight back. But uh, I mean, I, I yeah, I think maybe there's some merit to what Shaq says about these centers. But it's you can never actually like, you know, take it seriously just because yeah, Shaq is so petty and he's not uh, he's not an objective uh, observer at all. Uh, he he hates every center like he and he hates centers of all shapes and sizes. He hates uh, Rudy Gobert because he got that massive yep. contract because Rudy basically doesn't score the ball. Uh, you COVID know, he he hated. Uh, I remember one time uh, Al Horford uh, made the All Star team with because uh, you know he's he's a great all around player. He does all the little things and Shaq was like what sixteen and nine. That's an All Star these days. What the fuck? Yeah. All, all all the thing you know with with Andrew Bynum and Shaq and everybody and uh, you know so. Shaq has an issue with with anyone who plays center. The only guy he really doesn't touch is Jokic because I think he knows there's just nothing you can really say. Uh, yeah. You know, you can maybe criticize his defense a little bit, but I think Shaq knows uh, Jokic. Jokic also has a completely different skill set. I think Shaq the, and and the way Shaq go, gets around these things, you know, the the centers who are better than him. He says, "Okay, but I was more dominant." Shaq loves yes, the word exactly. "dominant." He's like, yeah. "Yeah, but I was the most dominant ever." So well, he says, "Whatever he says that means. The closest player to him uh, in the NBA is Giannis. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, which he's... maybe, you know, in your thinner days when you were Kazam, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. which I but watched Orlando. recently, Jordan, that's a p- fucking horrible movie that well, we, we should it. really be talking about. I'll watch it again, man. I'll watch it with you. It's fucking horrible. All right. Well, hey, I would expect Sticks. nothing less, um, but uh, I, I might need a little help to get through that one, you know, Matt, but uh, sure, man. Yeah, no problem. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think Shaq, like, and, and the other thing too, like when guys like 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 Chuck and Shaq talk to these players. They're like, "Oh, we're just motivating them. We're just motivating." I'm like, "No, you're not, Shaq. That's not what mm-hmm. you're trying to do. You're just trying to preserve your legacy, which is fine. It'd, it'd be great if you were more upfront about that, though, because uh, you're you're pretty transparent about it. But but yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, he, he what he's saying about Joel can be partially true, you know, whatever. Um, but you know, Shaq, it's also like you're one to talk, man. You you for all four of your championships, you had a all time, you could argue top, you, you know, you had, you know, the top three at the very least top five shooting guards of all time uh, in, in Dwayne Wade and Kobe, uh, you know, 
be that sort of second fiddle to you. Uh, you know, in the case of Dwayne Wade, you were more the second fiddle to him. And by the end with Kobe, it was more neck and neck uh, than people mm-hmm. like to remember. But, uh, you know, you, you had these great players to help you in the playoffs. It's not like Shaq ever fully went through an entire playoffs. He was dominant. He, of course, he, you know, he three straight finals MVPs. He was incredible. I don't want to take away anything from Shaq, but Shaq, you had a bunch of help, much more than uh, what Joel Embiid has this year. So if you're judging him off his sort of playoff, uh, you know, resume, just keep that in mind. I know Joel Embiid, as I was just talking about, has not had a uh, very impressive playoff showing just in terms of his own stats. He's always gotten a bit worse. So, you know, there there is some merit to it. But yeah, Shaq, uh, sorry, I can't take you seriously, buddy. And the other thing too, I mean, with Shaq, he, uh, the, the, you know, the the need to be, to, to preserve his place in history uh, comes out all the time. I mean, he, he got so mad when there was like that, uh, April Fool's Day thing where where the guys on NBA TV you know left him off of a top ten center list. Yep, he yep. was so angry. And then uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Mad Dog said Shaq was the fifth best center in the NBA. Stephen A. Uh, and uh, I forget who else was on the show with him that day. Freaked out like that was some insane thing to say. That's not insane, Shaq. Five is where you are. Uh, you're not better than better than Bill Russell. You're not better than Wilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you are not better than Haki. Uh, well, you're not better than Hakeem. That's close. You're certainly not better close. than Kareem. No. I, the Hakeem Shaq toss up. I get that that's a bit of a toss up. If you go with Shaq, I'm not mad at it. But I think Hakeem was better, and I don't think that's some crazy hot take. So, uh, and and you know, Mad Dog was arguing Moses Malone. That's that's maybe a bit of a stretch. But mm-hmm. Shaq, I, I think you're trying to rewrite history here, buddy. Uh, you know, stay in your lane. Maybe be more of a, you know, as you said, he, he gives the respect to the old, the, the, the you know, the, the guys that came before him. Be a bit more of an inspiring figure, Shaq, like a, like a, like a nice uncle or a nice grandpa. You're getting up there, um, you know, be, be nicer to these young centers. Uh, maybe they'll, they'll respect you a bit more too. Cause I feel like everyone, uh, you know, uh, kind of looks at Shaq like, oh yeah, Shaq, he's, he's just a media personality. They don't actually think of him as like, no, one, no one's going to Shaq's camp uh, for footwork. I'll put it that way. People go no, to Hakeem. No. Nobody that's goes to the... uh, Shaq's dominant, you know, camp of domination. Uh, unfortunately. The tornado, man. That's what, he, that's what he called it. Just throw yeah. your big ass right at him. That's a, that's a big dog. It's as big dog as a big dog gets. Is Most that, dominant. That, 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 that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so shout out Shaq, but, you know, give some people some goddamn slack sometimes, man. Yeah, come on. Uh, to move on. And boy, we've been sitting on this one. Uh, it happened right after our Monday episode. Uh, we would have been on it right away. Uh, you know, I almost thought about just calling the big dog together to, to get this uh, hammered out like right away. Because it was insane. But the Los Angeles Lakers got fucking lucky, rigged-ass league against the Toronto Raptors. Uh, this West Coast road trip has already been tough enough for the Raptors. Uh, and it, the, the, you know, it just continues. And, uh, you know, a huge exclamation point on this one with uh, the Lakers getting 23 free throws in the fourth quarter to the Raptors, too. Uh, really changed the complexion of the game. Uh, also, two techs were doled out to uh, the, the the Raptors there uh, with uh, a quickly getting one for an elbow. But then, you know, there's hard fouls on the other side and they're just called common. Just nothing consistent. Everybody knows the Lakers get these calls and are awarded all this shit for no reason. Uh, and this was so vindicating for two reasons. One, Jordan, we finally get Darko. He like this Raptors team. The vibes are so good now, man. Oh, it's awesome! Uh, we, we are back to Toronto versus everybody. The Toronto yeah. against the world. Everything's ever to get us. Everyone wants to shut us down. And yeah. you know the the age of getting all these uh, you know little little tic tac calls is gone. We're back to just being hard fought, fighting through yeah. the whistle, doing what we can. Uh, and, and Darko screaming and smacking the table and 
yelling about how this is bullshit. And and I love because this is exactly what I say too when I when I watch games like this when the officiating is so bad. If the Lakers needed to win. Just don't. Just tell us. We won't show up. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. how I feel sometimes when you watch exactly. a game and then it's like, okay, well, clearly this is what you want. Why do we even do the game then? Uh, but even through all this, they only get they squeeze and sneak out a one point win. Uh, yeah. You know, the Lakers do over the Raptors, and you know, Le- LeBron, of course, the biggest crybaby in the league, guy who literally had thrown tantrums on the court for bad calls in the past. Goes, oh well, I guess they were fouling uh, more than we were. <laughs> like, shut the, the fuck way, up, LeBron. The way he Give said me a it. break. Oh, LeBron. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Oh, oh, 100%. He was literally complaining about the Celtics and, uh, well, I'm trying to remember, the Celtics-Pacers game. Yes, uh, yes. A game he wasn't even in. He was complaining yeah. about the officiating. But then this one, uh, it's okay. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's ridiculous. Uh, it, I, I'm glad Darko got up there and let it all out. You know, 25K, I'm hoping someone was able to help him out with that. I mean, I'm sure he can cover it. Uh, he's a well, well-paid man, but, uh, you know, I, I honestly was expecting worse because he really went at it. But I, I like the fact that everyone understands now, if you're going to criticize the refs, get your fucking money's oh, worth. Yeah. It's like, yep. it's like when uh, Fred Van Vliet did it. Uh, I think it was mm-hmm. last season. Uh, same yep, guy, yep. Ben Taylor. Of course. It's worth it. Uh, that, that <laughs> motherfucker. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, it's it's so nice to see Raptors Twitter back. Like all these people from Toronto, mm-hmm. across Canada, up at two a.m. after this this late West Coast game. Another refing conspiracy, you know, like fighting with Lakers fans. Like it feels like it really feels like twenty eighteen again or twenty seventeen. Like it's it's really wonderful to be back uh, mm-hmm. in, in this in this mind space. And I think you know I was thinking the other day, like the since twenty nineteen, since the Raptors won, there was obviously the pandemic and a lot of other things. But like my my mental uh, sort of state, my state of depression has kind of followed the Raptors, uh, you know, performance in recent mm-hmm. years. Like they they as as they've gone down, so as uh, you know, my overall sort of well being. But now I'm I'm back on top of the world since this trade. My God, they the the vibes are back. Everything, uh, you know, seems seems young and fresh again. So even though yeah, we lost conspiracy in L.A., uh, you know, I, I it it's a moral victory at the end of the day to be in this one right mm-hmm. to the end, uh, to know that, you know, even at the end of the game there, when, you know, I, I, the two most egregious calls were the late whistle on an Austin Reeves shot where Thaddeus yeah. young got called on the most, you know, in inane innocuous, uh, no contact barely at all. Austin Reeves flopping ass, just kind of falling backwards on a fadeaway. It's my biggest uh, thing I say, man. It's, it's a fucking contact sport. People forget it. The NBA forgets it too. And it, and even the refs in the game knew it wasn't the right call because it was the latest whistle possible. It was once the you know the Raptors had basically already gathered the rebound, and then the big one, the the. Scotty Barnes t- game tying three uh, close to the end of this game was wiped away because apparently the league is not enforcing this fucking flopping rule anymore. Mm-hmm. They tried. Th- yeah. w- what happened to that? That lasted like two seconds. Uh, didn't did, you know one person got got I'm surprised for it AD in the didn't get injured off that man. Oh, gla- brittle he's bone got, boy. He's got injured by by much less than that. But my mm-hmm. God, I mean, RJ Barrett's just basically walking on the court. Uh, he, much taller and 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 you know heavier. Uh, Anthony Davis can't take it gets thrown back looks like he was you know at the site of a bomb mm-hmm. blast uh, you know and, and not only is it not a call on that but that's apparently a you know an offensive foul a moving screen just unbelievable stuff I did um, I didn't disagree that it was a moving screen but I mean I would say that that's no. the exact same screen that people do all the time and doesn't get called that's my I, problem I think moving screens happen all the time in the NBA you just can't call it right then and there especially at the beginning you have to call it all game or don't call it at all they, no, I agree. But even in that instance, like I think there's a difference between a screen and just kind of like 
you know, moving like sometimes when you're just moving on the court through the flow of offense, you kind of get in someone's way intentionally a little bit. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like holding them or something like it didn't even look like he was really trying to set any sort of hard screen. And it was just just because AD flopped and flailed his yeah. arms. They 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 call it, it was just is ridiculous. But you know what? The Raptors, they fought until the end. I, it was a, it was a really, you know gutsy performance from them and and as i say the next night on the back-to-back no siakam obviously no purdle in either of these games either anthony davis yep. did not have 41 points against purdle you know he was beating up against uh you know much smaller guys that entire game we should have yep. won both those goddamn games because that second one against the clippers no siakam either um but you know we were in that one as well the raptors are back to you know it, back to moral victories uh you know on the on this west coast mm-hmm. road trip that's always you know the the biggest nightmare of the season but you know right now we're still we're still up you know we're 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 three two on this trip, uh, or no? I guess we're we're two and three now, uh, with with two losses in L.A. and then also the tough one in Sacramento, where yeah. last two minute report confirms quickly was fouled on a three that would have tied the game. So you know there we're, we're we're back as you say Toronto against fucking everyone. We've got one last game before we come home. Unfortunately, yep. we come home to face the goddamn Celtics, but you know we we've got the Jazz tonight who are hot, but it's a jazz. winnable game. Um, and, and to, to salvage this road trip three and three would actually, you know, be all things considered be freaking amazing, you mm-hmm. know, with how quickly these, these new, uh, you know, faces, uh, you know, in, in quickly and Barrett have kind of gelled on this team and how just good this team has looked, um, you know, uh, we'll we'll talk about it you know later on again you know we always squeeze raptors talk in but i'm i'm despite the the couple of tough losses there i'm just very very happy with how they've performed um and and you know darko said it uh in his rant and i hope they continue to do it you can't you can't let this sort of ruin the way you play this these refing uh you know mishaps conspiracies whatever just gotta go be professional fight through it um you know that this this final game in Utah has always been kind of a, a thorn. It, it, it's, it's the last kind of sneaky game on these West coast road trips that you think, Oh, you know, Utah hasn't been that good in, in a number of years. You're like, Oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. Utah. They're a tough place to play. So, you know, go Racist in there. Place. Don't, don't, don't mess around. Don't, uh, you know, don't expect any, you know, you know, a more favorable whistle now it's going to be just as bad probably, but you got to go in, suck it up. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we finally got guys who can, you know, you know, bear it mainly, but quickly. And everyone else has kind of been galvanized. Just go to the rim, put your head down, fuck the refs, fuck everybody. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we got this. Let's go wrap. But, uh, again, the last thing I want to say before we move on here, Jordan, that, that again, the whole thing was vindicated because it wasn't just Raptors fans. I know it was great to yeah, see everybody. the Raptors army out there, but everybody in the NBA world doesn't matter. doesn't matter what team you rooted for. Maybe the Lakers fans were quiet on that one, yeah. but overall, everybody was saying the refing was horrible. They were saying that there was something wrong with it, that it was not fair and was just bad refing overall. So that's always nice to hear because I feel like the Raptors for years have been getting shafted by the refs and by the whistles and oh, uh, at least get other fan bases, other people, other people in the media coming out and saying, you know, the Raptors did get fucking screwed here. That's uh, that, that, that puts a smile on my face. It makes me feel a lot better and it makes us feel not so alone. Uh, yep. So uh, shout out to the Raptors. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, fuck, fuck LA. Fuck the refs. Fuck uh, to cover up the, the last couple bases here, a couple extensions we want to break down here, Jordan. Uh, some big ones. First one coming up from a former Raptor uh, who is now in L.A., Kawhi Leonard getting a three-year, $152 million extension. Uh, deserved? I don't know, man. It's a good <laughs> chunk of change. He's uh, already on the wrong side of 30. You know, he's going to be signed through for a while now. Uh, the, the, obviously, the cap has been tied around Kawhi Leonard and Paul George for quite some time. Uh, James Harden also now eating away at that. Uh, yep. 
to keep him around even longer. I mean, he's having a great season. Maybe maybe his best season since joining the Clippers, arguably. Uh, you know, yep, forced yep. to play as well. Uh, that, yep. that doesn't help or doesn't hurt, rather. Uh, but overall, Jordan, I mean, I get why you give give a guy like that the extension, but I honestly don't even think Kawhi deserves an extension like this. I mean, what has he done for the Clippers to, to earn this? Like, he's yeah. got no accolades, no nothing, pretty much. Like, maybe an all-star nod or two. Yeah. Uh, he, he's done fuck all for them. They've gotten to – did they get to the conference final in the bubble? Uh, no, yeah. not even. Uh, no, uh, but the next year in, in uh, 21, they, I think it was them versus the Suns. I think that was the conference final. Mm, I, I have to go back and watch the tape there. I think you might be right, though. Uh, regardless, yeah, well, yeah. this is not. Uh, I, I I wouldn't say Kawhi has done anything to earn another you know fifty million dollars a year. Uh, I, and again, I'm not arguing that it's a bad move. I'm just yeah. saying for the sake of you know if we're comparing apples to apples here and you know really weighing a contract value, I don't think that this is a uh, one that's going to age super well. Especially a guy who's had all these injury troubles, doesn't really want to play through things. Now you're going to have to hold on to him uh, in the twilight of his career. Good luck. Yeah, I know it's definitely a risk. Like I, I don't. It's very much, uh, you know, seems like a oh, fi- finally we've got Kawhi playing. Uh, you know, all these games this year he's playing better. We're rolling as a Clippers team. Let's. Mm-hmm. This is what we've wanted this whole time. And it's like, have you not watched yourselves for the past three years? Like, isn't it more likely that this is sort of the the blip? This is the uh, you know, uh, sort of standout sort of you know thing different from what the norm is because the norm has been Kawhi doesn't really play he, he gets injured a lot and then takes a long time to get back from it and then doesn't really mm-hmm. necessarily look from him like himself when he does come back uh and then you know the cycle repeats uh I, so I'm not convinced now you know as you're saying a guy who's slowly getting older that uh that now this is the new reality of you know the Iron Man Kawhi is going to play all the time like th- this this could change at any moment yeah. um so so yeah, I'm. I'm. I. I. It, it feels to me like they're they're being a bit too, you know, glass half full with this uh, whole, you know, stretch run where the Clippers have looked really good. Um, but a, as you're saying, they don't really have a choice. Like, what are you going to do? Let them walk? Go somewhere yeah. else? I mean, there's there's you have no thing, future. You know, no, no. You have uh, this is this is your team. This is what the the only thing you have. You got no draft yeah. capital almost at all. You've uh, you know you've you've tied yourself to this this core. So you kind of have yeah. to do it. And it's not a full max, uh, you know. There's, there's, you know, it's, it's, it's a contract that's more team friendly than it could have been, though. As you're saying, it's a hell of a lot of money um, for 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 three years. But you know, it, the the Clippers at least, you know, that they, they they have to deal with this whole second apron thing, this whole new uh, sort of way of structuring, you know, the cap. Um, but they have the richest owner in fucking sports. So, you know, they, yeah. they, they can do it. They, they can handle this. Um, and, and we'll see what, you know, what, what happens with, with Paul George and, and, and uh, James Harden, obviously those look to be incoming as well. Um, so yeah, at the end of the day, I think it's, it's definitely a risk. It's a lot of money. It's, it's not something I would count on of Kawhi living up to the value of this contract, but you really got no other choice. Yeah, well, uh, the, the other extension that we're going to look at here, Jordan, uh, on the different side of the spectrum, uh, Eric Spolstra getting awarded an eight-year, $120 million extension. I believe that puts him as uh, like the highest-paid coach in uh, the NBA right now, uh, if not uh, one of the highest-paid coaches all time. Yeah, I think uh, it's him, him, Pop, and Monty Williams. I mm-hmm. think I think I heard someone say he's, he's more yearly than Monty, but still under Pop, because Pop signed something semi-recently anyway but he's up there he's up there but uh yeah and well deserving obviously coming off that finals run no one uh, you know expected them to get there and every year 
Uh, I mean, again, second longest tenured uh, coach with the same team uh, under uh, Pop, uh, only trailing Pop, rather. Uh, so, I mean, Spolster has definitely earned it. He deserves the money. And from what uh, I hear, uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm no divorce court lawyer or uh, <laughs> super sleuth, but I hear yeah. that uh, the, the Heat waited to give him this until his uh, divorce was finalized. So that way he's not paying extra alimony there. So Thank uh, you, Pat. dodge a bullet on that one as well. So, uh, uh, but, but overall, Jordan, I think this is an awesome move. you got to keep Spolster around. He is the Heat culture as much as, uh, you know, you want to give Pat Riley some credit. Uh, Spolster, I feel, is just as important into the, you know, the, the Heat culture as, as he is, uh, if not more, because he's the one that's on the court. He's delivering this. He's keeping guys uh, in check. And, uh, you know, he's, he's managed multiple teams and, uh, you know, different looks and uh, lots of success. So I'm, I'm not surprised to see him get the extension. I think any team would be happy to get him. And, uh, you know, you might as well pay the guy. Bring out the Brinks truck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he is an amazing coach. Like, I think he's probably the best coach in the NBA at this point. Like, I don't think, yep. I think Greg Popovich has to reprove himself. I mean, his team is mm-hmm. what, like two in a million right now? Like, they're he, shit. They're, yeah. they're, since like, they're, since they're, the, the post uh, Tim Duncan era, like, they, they, yeah. the Spurs have always been shit since then. And yeah, he said, yeah. He and, said before, he said, I, I wouldn't be shit without Tim Duncan. Yeah, well, exactly. I, I think that's that's partially true. You know, it's like a Belichick Brady kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's, uh, yeah, I, even Should if it went off through... into the sunset with him and Saban. <laughs> yes, yes. That would have been absolutely insane. Um, but you know, even even if yeah, you go through those those teams that were still semi good after uh after Tim Duncan retired, you know, Aldridge, DeRozan, like they they always underperformed. So yeah, you're looking mm-hmm. at Pop and you're like, you're you're one of the greatest, uh, you know, no doubt about it, still one of the best coaches in the NBA. But yeah, at this point, I think you look at Spo with what he's been able to do with this version of the Heat in these last few years, like they never underperform aside from when they got mm-hmm. swept by the heat uh or sorry the the bucks um uh the year after the bubble uh they they've in in every version of you know this this team every iteration they've just done so well uh and 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 yeah the 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 cultural aspect of you know yeah heat culture sort of you know next man up you know we're gonna find these guys off the scrap heap they're gonna come in and contribute uh that that's you know set top down from spolstra down he knows how to you know, he, he has that sort of thing that I always thought Nick Nurse was really good at, just coaching random ass guys in the lineup. Like whoever's in yep. the lineup that night, you know how to coach them. You don't need to, you don't have to have this sort of rigid system of the guys you trust. And then you're a good coach, you know, yada, yada, yada. Like we just talked about that being kind of, that's that's like the Steve Kerr uh, type of coach. That's, that's you know, I feel like that was kind of like Mike Budden, Budenholder's wooden holders whole thing of that, you know, you, you've got the guys you trust uh, and you've got your system that you run. He, you know, Spo has those guys that he likes to play, but he can play anyone. He can sort of adapt. He's 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 good at on the fly adjustments like Ty Lue, uh, you know, offensively, defensively, X's and O's, all these things. Um, mm-hmm. And he's a good player coach. Like n- nothing would have prepared him better than like a young guy stepping into coaching prime LeBron, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, uh, you know, going through those years dealing with those personalities. Like he's just checks all the boxes and someone yep. made this point. I think it might've been Woj, you know, on TV in these past few days, like he's a coach who can coach a rebuilding team. He can coach a sort of a mid-level team. That's kind of frisky. He can coach a championship level team. There's no team yep. that he can't coach successfully. Uh, and he's just shown that time and time again. So yeah, this is, uh, I, this, you know, uh, unlike the Kawhi one, I think this is, you know, a bargain to be able to have a guy yeah. with been with the organization this long. Um, and now you lock him up for, you know, eight years or whatever it is. Um, this is, uh, you know, great move by the heat, a very astute organization. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I'd say best coach in the NBA right now until someone knocks cool. him off the pedestal. Well, uh, we want to hear everyone else's take 
anything we talk about. It's a jam-packed fucking episode, if there ever was one. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. Lots to cover. Uh, so let us know at Big Dog Ball Talk, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever your favorite media outlet is. You can find us at Big uh-huh. Dog Ball Talk. Tumblr. Give us a follow. We get on t- Pinterest? Are we on is, Pinterest, Matt? Is Tumblr set us up. Pinterest. Pinterest know. we could be know what on. Tumblr I don't is. know. We, yeah, you know what it is. Uh, okay, this fine. is a uh, th- this this is the part where we, we we brainstorm. Actually, we're gonna we're gonna leave this in here. Uh, we're gonna Leave figure out what, what what are the other. I, I keep saying Twitter. One of these days, I'm gonna have to remember to say X. X. Uh, X, X. It's the the X. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, send, shoot us an X if you want to hear uh, more about our our, our uh-huh. big dog takes uh, at Big Dog Ball Talk. But we will be back on Monday for our next right. episode. Every Monday and Friday for anyone who's new. Monday to Friday. We will be giving you the takes that make you quake. Uh-huh. This has been Big Dog Ball Talk. Oh, wow. And as my good friend Jordan always says. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're going to get what I'm saying, Matt, or my reference, mm. but can we stop with the chopped salads and the chopped sandwiches? Uh, because all I see on my goddamn TikTok page is people throwing down whole chicken breasts, pieces of lettuce, cheese, and then just chopping it up into little tiny pieces and then putting it on a piece of bread and thinking, oh, look at this. It's like a grinder salad. I'm like, what's next? Why don't you just fucking blend it up and drink it out of a smoothie, you (laughs) fucking freaks? I haven't heard, I haven't, I've never seen this, but I understand your frustration. Good. That would piss me off too. I feel like everybody now thinks they have a life hack. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, look at this. I've, uh, uh, yeah, like you said, like, like that, that sounds like the laziest fucking attempt at cooking I've ever heard. Disgusting. Like, it's just like, it makes it so easy. Instead of actually slicing it and organizing it and making yeah. it taste and look good, you oh, just take just... equal parts of everything and just fucking do one big thing. Like, I'm surprised yeah. people haven't discovered stir fries yet. Uh, yes. I feel like that would be a real big hit in the TikTok community, but. Yeah, yeah, not everything's a fucking life hack. Sometimes uh, you're just uh, a time-saving asshole. Correct, yeah. Yeah, no, just just eat, you know, sliced bread, uh, you know, butter. I mean, all, all these things, uh, you know, go old school. That, that's that's what I uh, sort of Perfect. do with my diet, Matt. Um, I, I'm also, similarly, people stop spatchcocking your chickens and your fucking turkeys just roasted whole. Mm. I'm just, I'm sick of the TikTok. I'm sick of my generation, Matt. You know, us, us. We're, we're, the leading, we're the leading edge of Gen Z. We've got to stop this bullshit right now. Mm-hmm. We, we, we can't let this happen. We've we got to be the trendsetters. Start living like a Victorian peasant. There we go. <laughs>